Another episode of the Choir Room, a podcast centered around all things Glee. Super duper excited. I've been talking about this particular episode for quite some time now, and we can finally actually talk about it. Um, the second episode of the second season of Glee, entitled Brittany, Brittany. And of course, I am joined by my lovely co host, Matt. How are you? I literally don't want to be recording this right now because I want to keep jamming out to Britney Spears songs that I was just doing for the last hour. And uh, I, I mean, we, I'm so excited to talk about it. But those songs, I was just wrapped up in the world. And uh, I, I wish we could do both at the same time. I mean, how about we just have like a faint little Britney in the background, like solo that you can barely hear it so that we don't get flagged for copyright. <laughs> the entire podcast so that people don't listen to a word we say because they're just <laughs> zooming in on the Britney in the background. Hey, I mean, I, you got to be able to multitask. But is your favorite Britney song in this episode or no? Yes. Okay, then I won't ask you what your favorite Britney song is then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I I don't even want to talk about the favorite song there. I'm going to have a full on meltdown when the time comes. Uh, yeah, this is a this yeah this was a, this was a bit of a rough one for me. But I will say that I think that more of my favorite Britney songs are in the episode or the uh, season four Britney episode. But this was still this this is going to be this is, this will be interesting. I'm excited to to see what you think about it. But yeah, this is um this is probably the first. Well, I won't say that. I was going to say the first real tribute, but they did have an, an entire Madonna episode. But I think the very fact that Britney Spears herself was in this episode sort of knocks it out of the park for me and gives it that little bit of extra juice. Um, and so this is like a big, major, major moment for Glee. I mean, they just got their second season. It's episode two, and they're already coming in hard with a Britney tribute featuring Britney Spears like... Glee is like really doing the thing right now. Yeah, and not only did they like come in here to just like you said, they they're coming in hard. They just came off of a premiere that was pretty good. I think you know the 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 fans returned. They were happy to see the characters back, and they did some fun songs, and they did a good job with the first episode back. But then just coming in with this episode and just nailing it and and having Britney Spears on the episode and then all of the music here and it's this this episode I wanted to point out did some incredible ratings uh looking on the Glee Wikipedia page for this this episode it is saying that the original broadcast was watched by 13.51 million American viewers it's Glee's second largest audience to date behind Hello which was watched by 30 uh, 13.66 million viewers um viewership was up 1.06 million over the previous episode audition um and it was up half a million over the madonna tribute episode and also uh 2.1 million over the lady gaga themed episode theatricality uh it was the highest ratings to date in the uh this sorry if this is boring in the 18 to 40 uh 49 demographic and then eventually it was going to be taken down by uh the sue sylvester shuffle which is coming on a little bit later but to this point like knowing that the britney episode was coming knowing what was about to be here of course like promotion had that britney was going to be there and it's just people showed up to watch yeah i mean britney is 
Uh, I mean, she's a cultural icon. She is the current reigning princess of pop. I think she'll always be the princess of pop. Um, and she's, you know, uh, she, a lot of us grew up with her, like 90s kids. That's all we had was freaking Britney Spears. I mean, of course we had other people, but I mean, she was like the cultural icon of pop music um, for 90s babies. So it's not surprising at all that this would garner a lot of attention from people that were, you know, in high school at the time that Glee was on television. So this is, this, this is, you know, it, it, it's a fantastic moment, a fantastic piece of, uh, of entertainment. And I'm so excited. I mean, it, honestly, I mean, I considered myself a Britney fan. Like I had a Britney album as a kid, but I wasn't like super hardcore into music in general until I got to high school and I got my first iPod and I was, you know, I actually was able to own my own music outside of what, you know, my parents would have me listen to in the house or whatever or in the car. So watching this episode, it really reignited my passion for being like, oh my goodness, like I, I remember like listening to Hit Me Baby one more time all the time as a kid. And now like I'm, I'm like really starting to feel Britney again. So it sort of like reignited my passion for Britney Spears. Um, so I've, I, I love this episode. It's just such a good time. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's great. It's just great. <laughs> I, I don't have a distinct memory of being a huge Britney fan when I was younger. Um, I feel like, you know, obviously so many of her songs were so big as we were growing up and I think I liked them all at the time, but I don't re remember ever having the same kind of like passion for her as an artist that I did for, you know, obviously we talked about Gaga and, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, even like somebody like Katy Perry just growing up, like, I feel like I was fully appreciative of her and her music at the time in a way that maybe just, we were, maybe Britney happened while we were like a little bit too young or at least right. myself is what I feel like. I think, so, yeah, I think we were, cause like I said, like I didn't really start appreciating music until I was a little older. Right. But I think because of the fact that it was something that you always grew up with, at least for me, it was like a bit of a nostalgia factor. I was like, Oh wow. Like I, I used to bop to this all the time as a kid. And, but you don't, you know, you don't buy albums when you're like eight years old, you know, at least right. I, at least I didn't. So, but you know, yeah, we, up, we had our hit clips uh, for for anybody who had hit clips out there. I had plenty of those that I know had Britney's name all over them, uh, the the in sync ones, and that's how I remember consuming my Britney yeah. Spears music at the time. But uh, I mean, like looking back at it now, as you know, as somebody older, um, and then when you see an episode like this that has so much of her music, and then again in season four when they do it, it's like, oh wow, there is a lot of Britney that I just don't think about on a daily basis, but like super super love to revisit. Yeah, I, my sister and I had these watches that um, if you hit the button, it would sing a song for you and it'd have like a, um, I don't even know, it was like a digital screen, it was like a black and white digital screen that would recreate a music video. And Imani, my sister, she had the Britney Spears one, it was pink, and I had a Backstreet Boys one and it was blue. And hers, if you hit the button, it would play, I think it was oops i did it again and mine would play bye 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 i believe and it was it was just it was amazing <laughs> i hope your backstreet boys toothbrush wasn't playing uh bye 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 no i don't think i had uh a oh, toothbrush. sorry no you didn't say a toothbrush you said a watch J yeah just the watch i'm picturing the <laughs> toothbrushes but i hope your backstreet boys watch wasn't playing bye 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 an instinct song oh that's what i meant i'm sorry instinct i always get them confused oh come on <laughs> but anyway. yeah but yeah it was uh it, the 90s fever was all throughout this episode for me. So I, I, I loved it. And just uh, on 
topic on the topic of Britney Spears, we have been getting super lucky in the past couple of days that there's been like relevant news popping up as we have been recording episodes. Uh, just there was the Zoom call for the Glee cast that start that was you know a, a while back or what was it, like a week or two back now. Um, there was the Leah Michelle news that just came up. But did you please tell me that you saw the Britney Spears video that went around yesterday? I have not seen the Britney Spears video that's going to watch. I mean, to be honest, though, she has a lot of videos that kind of go viral like once every two weeks. So this this was a very short clip. It's 11 seconds. Uh, It was, I think, from an Instagram live maybe that she did. And she reveals some news in just the most casual Britney Spears way. Um, All right. I'm going to play it for you if you haven't heard it. And hopefully uh, you can hear it and we'll see how this goes. So hold on one second. Hi, guys. I'm in my gym right now. I haven't been in here for like six months because I burnt my gym down, unfortunately. Um, I had two candles and yeah, one thing led to another and I burned it down. <laughs> what the fuck? It is just Brittany casually in athletic wear, talking to the camera, swaying back and forth a little bit, talking about how she had two candles and one thing led to another and she just burned her gym down. So now she's back in her gym. And I don't know why this video caught so much attention, but I saw it all over my timeline. Um, People were like freaking out about it. And it was just very funny Uh, when you keep rewatching it like four or five times in a row. She's just it's so funny. I'm in my gym right now. I haven't been in here for like six months because I burnt my gym down, unfortunately. Um, I had two candles and yeah, one thing led to another and I burned it down. I had two candles and yeah, one thing led to another and I burned it down. I love how she was fully prepared to go into a story about what the hell happened. And then she's like, you know what? Let me, yeah, one thing led to another and it, it, it burned down, bitch. That's yes. all you need to know. <laughs> so that's the, the relevant Britney news that's popping up here as we get ready to talk about the Britney I hope that slash she's Britney well episode. because there's been a lot of, you know, stories surrounding Britney's mental health and, and you know righteously so she hasn't had a particularly easy life dealing with fame um so you know I I hope that she's I hope that she's well and I hope that the gym is okay and that she's yeah. able to be fit and well and I hope that she's staying in quarantine and we love Britney we love yes. Britney. <laughs> yes that's so glad uh again glad that we got some relevant Britney content to throw in here as we get started but oh my god uh we this episode I'm so excited yeah, one thing led to another, and we got some a legendary episode of Glee. So, yes. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, Mr. Shu is going to announce at the Glee Club that they will be singing songs by Christopher Cross, whoever the fuck that is, Chris Cross. The guy um, who discovered America. <laughs> yeah, according to Brittany, the, the guy who discovered America. Um, and, yeah, they're not particularly enthused by it. I mean... Mr. Shu is doing this in an attempt to rein the kids in musically and let them know that, yeah, it's okay to love the Rolling Stones, which I don't think any of them have ever talked about the Rolling Stones. And it's okay to love Lady Gaga, but sometimes you want to rein it in. You want to you be able to perform with control and to have a measured, uh, you know, a measured repertoire. Um, and Kurt's going to take this opportunity to let him know, hey, there's a bit of a small Facebook campaign, which is probably just him on Facebook, Promoting that the Glee Club perform a Britney Spears number at the um, upcoming Homecoming Assembly. But not only does Will shut this down, but Britney is also going to shut this down. And this is when we're going to find out just one thing about Britney in this monologue that I have prepared for you guys. Okay? All right. <clears throat> because my name is also Britney Spears. My middle name is Susan and my last name is Pierce. That makes me Britney S. Pierce, Britney Spears. I've lived my entire life in Britney Spears' shadow. 
I'll never be as talented or as famous. I hope you'll all respect that I want Glee Club to remain a place where I, Britney S. Pierce, can escape the torment of Britney Spears. Thank you. And that is how a legend is born. <laughs> we we took this background character from the first 23 episodes of this show who was, you know, starting to kind of become uh, a fun fan favorite, but then we just established an entire other like part of the, of who this is and it's just they could not have done this any better uh britney s pierce is fully here with the entire name has now been revealed which to this point in the glee fandom a lot of people had last names on the show britney did not it was just santana lopez and britney so britney s pierce is now here and yes yeah, she has lived a long life li- living in britney spears's shadow so the fact that kurt is is out here trying to suggest that we do britney for the week is not sounding like a good idea to her which is good because uh uh, Will also doesn't want to do Britney, so this is just a perfect excuse for Will to say, oh, yeah, see, Britney's uncomfortable. Let's not do it. I mean, it's I, I feel like it's such uncharted territory for this club. I mean, they've done a few pop numbers throughout the beginning of season one, but it's mostly already been like Journey and shit. So right. the fact that he is so obsessed about, you know, sticking with uh crisscross or whoever the hell i'm like i mean do we really need to do this like you guys didn't even you guys came in last place <laughs> at the regionals that you performed all journeys and sure there was a little bit of a you know shitty judging going on but still like i feel like your ideas aren't probably the best at all times will right this is a guy who is going to just stick to his journey stick to his uh literally every song that he performed when he was in the glee club he wants to bring back and recreate that kind of magic so he doesn't really have much care for what the kids want to do what's current what's relevant like even the raps that he does are all songs that are like you know uh, older and things that he grew up with in a way so he has no finger on the pulse of what the kids ever want to do and that's going to not that's going to be something that is just reoccurring throughout the entire series um but it's getting i guess on some of their nerves specifically kurt who they've been kind of struggling with this ever since glee club started last year that they want to do what they want to do and they don't want will's boring assignments i really and i don't know how about you how you feel about this but i really do not want to be that person ever i love music far too much to ever allow myself to create a time capsule and then throw myself in it and never see anything new ever again. I love, I mean, that's the reason why pop music is my favorite genre. A lot of people think that it's lowbrow. A lot of think, people think that it can be very fluffy. And yes, it can be. But pop music can also be ex- extremely intelligent and well thought out. And it, it also like sort of progresses everything forward. It always changes with time. You know, for the, like, while we were like in, like, in the 2010s, pop music was very like, it was very formulaic. It was very like uh, Katy Perry meets Lady Gaga, like, like kind of techno-ish. And then it kind of transitioned into like EDM. And then it transitioned into like rap and like and like trap and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now we're like starting to see an, an entirely new wave of like bedroom pop in the current state. And like that's why I love it because it always changes. So like I never want to be the will where I'm like... No, we're not doing any of that. Like, it's a, like that's just so out of my realm. Like, we're going to stick to what I know. And it's like, girl, like, music is going to continue to evolve. And I want to be a part of that conversation and a part of that culture until I die, honestly. I'm going to be, like, freaking 80 years old, rocking out to whoever the Billie Eilish of 2059 <laughs> is. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm so here for the ride. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I sometimes, as I've gotten older, I feel like I've had a harder time keeping up with that current pop music, which not to make myself sound like a total grandpa, but uh, just kind of like as my podcast listening has gone up, my new music listening, which is all pop. Like I, I you know, if I'm if I'm putting on new music, it's going to be like an iTunes top 40 playlist or something like that to just kind of because uh, that's that is also my favorite genre. And that is just, you know, I want to know what the current songs are. I'm making myself sound so old. Um, but I I as much as I agree with you i feel like i've been struggling with that uh over time so maybe like after glee is after this whole glee rewatch is done and i kind of put some glee songs to the side for some time maybe i'll get back into it but oh it's definitely harder you know what i mean because we're not in that arena anymore we're not in this we're not it's not really you know uh marketed towards us and the way that kids consume music nowadays is all through tiktok like they don't they don't have to like it's yeah well i'm kids so i listen to all my music (laughs) through tiktok and i guess maybe i'm wrong maybe that is how i'm gonna consume all my music now because i i'm all up in there and that's i mean that's fine i just i just feel like i mean you definitely i mean as you get older you definitely have to put more work into it because it's not it's not thrown in your face the way it is when you're young but hey i mean i'm I'm willing to put in that work because i mean i would have to do the same amount of work even if i were younger to find music that was not in the mainstream you know what i mean because that music wasn't get put towards us either so it's just the same thing you know what i mean i just i, I don't know I, I just love pop music and screw will for being for being this way he's going to go ahead and talk to emma about glee wanting to perform britney and emma is going to suggest that well might be being a little too uptight and why not let the kids do something that they really want to do i mean it doesn't always have to be about <laughs> you will and will sort of takes a little bit of offense to this because like you're the one that's calling me uptight you emma Well, and then Emma's going to reveal that her new boyfriend, Carl, has sort of really been helping her. And Will's going to ask her how. And he's going to she's going to say, like, oh, well, you know, one time we got some grapes. We got some green grapes. We got some regular purple grapes. And then we mixed them together. And then we were able to just eat them. And it was it was great. And Will's like not too impressed by this. (laughs) No, Um, I need to do a pamphlet check here. Uh, oh, Emma Pillsbury pamphlet time. It is uh, a highlight that many many Glee fans that have watched these episodes millions of times will notice more than oh, yes. uh, more than others. Uh, Emma's pamphlets here. Let's go into them. We have proper wiping. Easy as one, two, three. I still breastfeed, but how old is too old? And wow, there's a hair down there. Okay, so my takeaway from okay the proper wiping one, two, three. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I still breastfeed, so maybe there is more of a teen pregnancy epidemic than they're showing us. They only showed us Quinn, but, I mean, who else would be getting these pamphlets other than the students? Mm-hmm. Um, and while there's a hair down there, where do they, where do they mean? The hair down where? Like, in, in your bum? Like, I'm confused. I have to assume they mean the front side. But shouldn't there be hair down yeah, there? Yeah, but they are in high school, and they're just discovering that for the first time. Because okay. that's puberty. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Will is uh, noticeably uh, pretty not into this whole conversation he's having with Emma. He expected it to go a little bit better. He just wants to talk to her, kind of get some advice. And every time he goes in there these days, he's like hoping that the connection or the spark between them will kind of reignite. But every time he kind of just gets beaten right back down with Emma talking about the new dentist boyfriend. Um, and it's going to be even worse this time because he's going to be introduced directly to him as Dr. Carl, Uncle Jesse himself, shows up at Emma's office because he was here to bring her uh, or to take her out to lunch and it is going to be a meeting between will schuster and dr carl for the first time yeah uh good old john stamos is going to enter and uh in all his dentist glory 
Um, he's here to take Emma to lunch. And uh, he also s- says that he really wanted to be able to do some sort of like assembly with the kids at McKinley because he gets so many students from McKinley that have such horrible hygiene. But the administration has been sort of like dragging their free- feet. So once again, hashtag fire figgins. Um, but Will is going to suggest, hey, how about you come and talk to my kids about dental hygiene? Like, we, can, we can make some time for you. And I'm sure, you know, it'd be a pretty helpful lesson. You know, trying to play nice with the new guy, trying to show Emma that he's not going to be the jealous type. Keep, you know, your friends closer, but your enemies closer type kind of deal. And yeah, that's where we're at with them. Yeah, so that's uh, it's it's a fun dynamic between Will and Carl as Will mm-hmm. is obviously into Emma still, and Carl is like well aware that Will and Emma were a thing. He says, "Oh, you're the you're you are the handsome guy that Emma told me you are," uh, and they're just kind of like doing this jokey back and forth thing where there's obviously tension between them. Like Will slaps Carl a little bit on the on the arm, and then Carl hits him back a little harder. Um, but they're trying to smile through it. So uh, we're gonna get this dynamic set up between the two of them as this episode continues yes 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 all right the return of azimio and karofsky say his name for me one time matt azimio oh my god great azimio and karofsky. progress growth <laughs> they're going to pretty much attack finn in the hallway take his jersey and then rip it up to represent the duality of his sexuality Artie's going to intervene pretty much coming in between the two of them or in between the three of them uh, because Finn is, uh, throws a punch at Ozimio, but misses and hits the locker. Artie intervenes, knowing that Ozimio and Karofsky are not going to want to fight because that means they're probably going to have to push Artie out of the way, and he's in a wheelchair. And he, uh, Azimi, or uh, Artie comes up to tell Finn that he's like, what does he say to him? He like uh, thanks him for like trying to help him on the team or something like that. Yeah, he's he's like using this opportunity to kind of just uh, jump in and say, oh, so you know what, Finn, I'm sorry that I got you kicked off the football team. Right. I, you know, I really didn't mean to uh, to be that much of a bother. Which it's like now is not the time. Read the room. But uh, I think Artie's just kind of making it known that like nothing is further is going to happen here. You guys can keep moving on. I'm just gonna go talk to my buddy Finn and uh, everybody go about their day. And it's like, why are there are never any t-shirts when this happens? Oh, like, no. Coach Beast is right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. She <laughs> is watching from the end of the hallway. But as William McKinley High teachers are one to do, uh, they just stare until, you know, if a punch is actually thrown, maybe they'll jump in like two minutes later. But that's how yeah, it works. They never they always wait until actual violence occurs. It's, yeah. It's crazy. And then they break them up and tell them to go back to class and nobody ever gets in trouble. So have you continuing. ever been in the hallway when a fight like breaks out like the fight that you can actually see? So, 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 so many. It, it's hard to go a day without a fight. I don't know if that was like as common for you, but it was all the time. And it was like, you know, you couldn't even get class started after the fight because everybody would just come back to class talking about it, telling their side of the story. And then all of a sudden you were like 10 minutes into class and uh, the teacher can't get a hold of everybody because they're still just (laughs) gossiping about what just happened. Okay. Quick little story. Okay. It was, I was in eighth grade. Um, My locker was on the second floor of the school and the second floor, it has, it's like a bit of a ring. So there's a courtyard that's on the outside that you can get into. Mm -hmm. um, And then the rest of the hallway is just one gigantic like circle around that courtyard. So there was this girl, I forget their names, but um, she was on one side of the ring and there was another girl on the other side of the ring. And this guy, I guess when he was like a bit of a queen, a gossip queen, um, heard from one side of the ring that this girl was about to like beat this other girl's ass. So he runs messenger and tells the other girl and then everybody hears it. So the other girl 
takes some Vaseline out of her locker, smears it all over her face, and gets prepared to fight. And then everybody's watching this happen, mind you. And so she starts running all the way to the other side, and everybody starts following. Meanwhile, I'm at my locker trying to avoid this uh, guy that's been trying to be friends with me for a week, but he was, like, weird, and I was young, and I was mean at the time, and I just mm. didn't have anything to do with him. And so he starts – he, like, says my name. It was, like, Matt, it was, like, out of the movie. He says my name. I turn around, like, roll my eyes, but then all of a sudden, as he's about to, like, step towards me, my locker starts rattling. I'm like, I bullshit you not. My locker starts rattling. I hear hundreds of feet, and all this throng of students just comes running around the ring, and like it's like the it's like the stampede out of the fucking Lion King, okay? And the other girl on the other side of the ring has already made it inside her classroom, so she's oh. thinking that she's still running away from her. So the whole ring just keeps running all the way around, and then the principal, I guess, he sees it on the camera from the main office, and he's like, teachers. Close your doors in 10 seconds. Any students that are caught outside in the hallways are going to be suspended for 10 days. And when I tell you that that crowd dispersed like roaches, it was like probably the most epic thing that had ever happened to me in middle school. It was so hilarious. Oh, that was middle school, not even high school? Yes. Oh, my middle God. Middle school. Yeah, no. Oh, my God. Fights and like stories about that. We could probably do truly an entire podcast on on the stories from those just from that. That's a great story. Uh, I have so many of my own of just you know the same exact thing of people running this way running that way and just sometimes you would see it and like you didn't always see it but when you saw it that's uh that was yeah. like the best day of school um the repercussions <laughs> afterwards of like uh, these kids that only got this amount of days in suspension and in school out school like the people that were like the teacher's favorites that somehow only got certain days it was it was mm -hmm. a whole thing but yeah that's yeah. uh, <laughs> always a great time. Well, thank you for indulging me in that. <laughs> Let's Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, always here for a good high school, middle school fight story. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's uh, Azimio and Karofsky are not too happy with Finn, but they're going to disperse because Artie is uh, has stepped in and we're going to end up back at the choir room here. And, uh, you know, like I said, everything just goes back to normal after. Yep. Carl comes to rehearsal um, and he's uh, going to give these kids uh, capsules that pretty much once you bite into them, it leaves blue dye covering any plaque that you might have missed while brushing. Santana is going to tell Carl that he is the hottest doctor that she has ever seen. Um, and he says, well, you know, I get that a lot. And she's like, no, seriously, you can drill me whatever you... <laughs> Santana! <laughs> Emma stops so her. so disgusting. Like, ew. Like, she's not okay, Santana. You're Emma's like, literally what? like, that's my boyfriend. Uh, and you are 17 years old. Please relax. Like, seriously, relax. Like, ugh. Um, Artie, Rachel, and Brittany are going to have the bluest teeth after biting into the capsule. Rachel does not understand because she's like, hold on. Like, I I brush all the time. And, well, Carl's like, sometimes it's genetic. Um, but Brittany has the worst of it all. She says, you know, I don't brush my teeth. And I wash my mouth out with Dr. Pepper because I was pretty sure that Dr. Pepper was a dentist. And so, yeah, sounds clearly. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, who would And poor that? Artie, poor Artie's mouth is all blue because he said he can't see in the mirror to brush his own teeth because he's, you know, in the wheelchair. It's like, like come on, your your parents haven't gotten you a mirror closer yeah, down? Like, so why isn't, like, the house, like, outfitted for you? Like, what the right. hell is that? Or at least have, like, a, a handheld mirror or some shit. Like, and, like, is it really impossible? I mean, I, I don't know. But is it that hard to brush your teeth without a mirror? You yeah, I don't, can feel around. I usually don't check my teeth in the no, well, I, I do in the mirror, but, like, not, like, to... I, mean, I feel like I can feel plaque on my teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't know. 
Um, so the, yeah, those three are in deep trouble. But Do- uh, Dr. Carl is here, and he is more than happy to take the Glee kids in. He's been talking about how the the kids in this school have terrible hygiene, but you mm-hmm. know what? Uh, he'll do it for the Glee club. Why? Why not? So he's gonna offer to fix up Britney's teeth, who, like we like you mentioned, are just the worst out of anybody. And uh, she, yeah, she's gonna she end is- up in his office, and he takes a look at her uh, X-rays, and this is just. You can see the x-ray yourself on the screen. These are just some of the worst teeth that uh, Dr. Carl has ever seen and that we have ever seen. She's got cavities everywhere. 58 cavities in every single one of her teeth. So he decides that he's going to have to put her under. um, And before he puts her under, he starts Pandora. Oh, remember Pandora? (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of her. And what should be playing on Pandora other than Britney? And uh, her and mega hit slave for Britney you. starts freaking out the second that the anesthesia comes, you know, right right in front of her face. The mask is like about to go on her, and she hears Britney playing on Pandora, and she's immediately like, "Oh no, oh no, not Britney, not, not Britney." Britney. <laughs> but <And> yes, <laughs> we get this epic fever dream of a performance with Britney being Britney performing slave for you, and she's not rocking one. She's not rocking two. She's rocking three Britney looks, girl. One of them being we have the, the actual, sl- yes, the iconic snake look from the the VMA performance of Slave for You. The and, oh, and the video, I think, right? Yeah, the video has a snake as well. And then the Oops, I Did It Again look, the red leather suit, and the body nude crystal suit from the Toxic video. So she mm-hmm. just was having an ultimate fantasy, just mashing everything up together. And she looks so good. Yeah, basically, like, they must have gotten these outfits for her, knowing that this was the episode they were planning, and they got her all these outfits, knowing that, like, she was going to be involved in all of that, or in, in one or two of them, if not all of them. So um, they probably got these outfits together before they even put this episode together, and then they were like, all right, we've got it. Let's put it all in here, because uh, obviously it's Slave for You. They could have just had her in the Slave for You outfit the entire time with the snake, um, but they went with all of them, and I'm so glad they did, because the, she looks great. She sounds great. Uh, like, Brittany, uh, Heather Moore was not cast on the show because she's some incredible singer but she's got a great voice and obviously they do some work behind the scenes to make them all sound 10 times better than they actually are and that goes for everybody on the cast uh that's welcome to the music show business but it is she she still sounds incredible she yeah. sounds just as as good as you could ask for to for a britney impersonation or uh- just to be britney I think I talked about this in our preview podcast when we were talking about favorite characters, but like I honestly, I feel like Britney's performances are always underrated. Of course, she's a great dancer, and a lot of her numbers are are high energy and dance numbers. But her, I mean, I like her voice too. I mean, it's not it's not a musical theater voice, but it is a pop music voice. It's not you know it, she's not particularly that vocally gifted, but she doesn't necessarily need to be for a lot of the songs that she sings. You know what I mean? And I I enjoy it. I think that she sounds great. I think that she sounds great. She looks great. She has the energy. She's a she's you know any pop numbers? Though, that that's uh, Britney's bread and butter. Like honestly, she's she looks great. She's it. so she's she's fantastic. I've never had a single. There's uh no maybe like one season four song that I'm like that I that sticks out that I'm like oh yeah I didn't love her in that. But like every other time, like if they're gonna give Britney a song, it's because they know she's gonna sound good with it. They're not gonna give her the the Leah Michelle songs. They're not gonna give her the Amber Riley songs. It's gonna be songs that are good for her, and they always they always land for me. Yep, exactly. So that's uh that's where we are with her. She comes yeah, out she's... of her anesthesia, uh, <laughs> completely confused, asking <laughs> Carl if he's a cat. And yeah, she's like, I I I petted a snake. <laughs> he's like, rock on. 
<laughs> some strong stuff whatever that shit is it's just it's just like this entire episode it's like we're not going to be able to to tell you guys all the britney lines not that you probably want them but like it's just britney line after britney line and at a certain point it's kind of like you're like are we getting too much of this? Are we, you know, getting too much of a good thing? But honestly, no, because Heather Morris's delivery, the just Britney is like a full episode of Britney lines. Who says no? Exactly. Uh, so Finn is going to ask Rachel um, the next day about how she feels about him not being on the football team. He's been feeling very insecure now that he doesn't have his quarterback position. He doesn't feel cool anymore. I mean, he obviously just got attacked by Zimeon Karofsky. So now people just feel like they can just come up to him and bully the hell out of him. Rachel admits that she does sort of like it because now he won't be able to run off with some cheerleader and she likes, you know, she likes them being on the same level. You know what I mean? She doesn't want to feel insecure with him being, you know, at a higher status because people might try and take him away from her. And Finn is like, well, wait, like, so that, that means you want, you want me to feel bad about myself because I, I love football. Like, I mean, I like Glee, but I, I love football too. And Rachel's like, no, I just want to be the only thing that makes you feel good. Yeah, Rachel's insecurities are really kind of shining bright here. And she kind of has these uh, for a long time all throughout her, like at least, uh, you know, early on here while she's still kind of discovering herself in a relationship for the first time. You know, Brittany and Santana walk past, they insult her and then Finn doesn't say anything. Rachel gets mad and it's like, all right, like, what is this? The first time you've gotten insulted and Finn has to say something every single time. Like, no, that's you. I thought you were strong enough to like kind of be okay with that. But she's just kind of taking this all out on Finn right now. Um, And, you know, Finn's going to Finn's going to kind of stand up to her and say, like, he doesn't feel like she, like he should have to be somebody else or kind of not be who he like not be himself and not play football just because it's making her upset. Santana is going to attend Britney's next appointment with Carl, even though she has perfect, perfect teeth. She says, hey, my doctor is a real doctor not a dentist, a real doctor. So my health insurance is going to cover anything, honestly. And so I guess that's enough for Carl to put her under general anesthesia. Yeah, he's like, all right, I guess I'll just give you like some super teeth whitening and uh, we'll we'll consider that today's appointment. So, yeah, they uh, the anesthesia is about to go on both of them. And he asks if you guys want Pandora again. And they both have their iPods ready to go. They know they know what the deal is here. So it's just like this episode in like in a way that the Madonna episode did not. I love, love, love the dynamic that they end up using here. It's just so cute that they have, you know, the, the reason that everybody gets to do all these Britney songs in such big production, like big, like choreographed ways and all that kind of stuff is because we use the dream sequence aspect of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is the perfect way to make it like not seem so like music musical like where it's like why are they breaking into random song it's like the perfect they couldn't have they couldn't have done any better uh in in coming up with an idea for this having it tie in to the dentist and then obviously with emma and will it's uh it's great all around so yeah we're gonna go into me against the music with britney and santana somehow combining their fantasies yeah so britney's gonna obviously be britney spears and santana is gonna play the role of madonna using like the like they recreated the music video essentially it's like the same set yep. with the leaves and the swing and the iconic outfits the pantsuits just like it even ends almost the exact same way with britney on the wall this time and the other britney spears making her first appearance pinning britney glee britney up against the wall and britney's gonna tell real britney hey like you're so hot and britney spears is like oh you're sweet and Glee Britney's like, your breath smells really good. 
And Britney Spears is like, oh, that's because this is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. But yeah, like, hello, we have real Britney Spears here. We, uh, you know, I knew she was coming, but it's it's the first time that she's going to pop up here. And it's so quick. You're kind of like, wait, is that it? Yeah, I was like, it was that. It was like, wait, hold up. Like, I, I, I thought that I was hallucinating. I was like, was that, did that just happen? Like, yeah, that was crazy. her. That was, that was definitely her. But yeah, so quick, quick appearance here. We'll see if she gets back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Britney is just, they, they loved this. Uh, that's why they went there. Britney, you know, getting more cavities filled the day after. I'm sure she wasn't enjoying that part of it, but if she gets to go under anesthesia and be Britney again, even though, you know, Britney was originally somebody that she was trying to steer clear of because, mm-hmm. you know, she's been living in Britney Spears' shadow for all this time, but she just brings herself back to this place every time and it's giving her like a whole new confidence about herself. Uh, they get back to the choir room for the next day's rehearsal and Britney is talking about, you know, from now on, I demand every solo in the Glee Club because I have decided that I am the superior singer to all of you and uh, that's going to be the case from now on. So Rachel's I that. face when she said this. She <laughs> like... says, I'm, I'm more talented than all of you. Uh, it's it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. We ju- we just get so many good Britney lines mm-hmm. this, this episode. It's just amazing. Yeah. Kurt is going to use this as more ammo for the Glee Club to perform Britney, and Will is sort of like getting re- very, very fed up with it because, like, no, like he I, won't like, give up. Like Kurt has not given up, and usually, like, if a teacher tells you no, uh, especially like something so like it has nothing to do with Kurt it has nothing to do with like you know your grades if it's something that personally affects you like maybe sure continue like hammering it home with the teacher in private maybe but Kurt is continuing like time after time to call Will out in front of the whole class and it's very funny the balls that Kurt has grown out of absolutely nowhere uh, and he's just why won't you let us do Britney why can't we do Britney see Britney's good Britney 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 and Will's eventually just wanting to be like shut the fuck up it's kind of crazy that like as much as like, he's the biggest Britney advocate um, out here, but he gets like no number. Like, he gets no Britney himself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're going to get into a bit of a screaming match, which is going to culminate in Kurt telling Will to loosen up, which is a bit of a soft spot right now for Will. Um, and Will is going to send Kurt to the principal's office. So Will's going to attend his appointment with Carl, and they're just going to sort of like cut right to it. Like at least Carl's going to want to. He's going to be like, look, like I understand that you have a history with Emma. I get it. But she's with me now. She chose me. So I really would appreciate it if you would just back off while I'm, while I'm, you know, doing my thing. And Will's like, you know, I don't really want to because I think there's something that kind of got cut off between the two of us. And Carl levels with him. He's like, well, what if she had chosen you and I told you that I wasn't going to back off? And Will's like, okay, fine. But if she starts swinging my way again, then I'm back in. It's just like pretty much you saying I'm not going to stop because the only reason that she would swing your way again is if you don't stop. <laughs> like This makes no sense. Uh, like what Will's saying. I don't know what he is thinking here. Like who says this to another person? Like this guy is dating Emma. I get that you like her, but who just straight up, straight up says to another man's face, another person's face, whoever it is, like I am going to continue being interested in the person you are dating. And yeah, I mean, if they want me, then it's going to happen. Sorry. And Carl is like being pretty restrained. I mean, first of all, he's Uncle Jesse. He's Carl. He's John Stamos. He's got the confidence that he should be pretty sure that uh, that's not going to happen. But, you know, in the event that it does, Will is letting him know he's ready to sweep back in. I mean, yeah, like he's a dentist. He makes good money. He's easy on the eyes. Like what's not to like, you know, and he seems like a generally nice person. Good with kids. Like Mm -hmm. he probably should not feel very threatened. But I mean, hey, whatever. He's funny. Like you said, he makes his money. He's not. I didn't mean to rhyme that. Uh, He doesn't, (laughs) you know, involve his entire life in a club. You better spit, Matt. 
<laughs> so I mean, uh, Emma, you got a, you got a winner here. Rachel is also there for her appointment. Her and Will are going to briefly talk. Um, where Rachel's going to say like that she's been reading the unauthorized biography of Britney Spears to keep herself calm and everything, and how she cannot wait for the day where she has to fight off paparazzi the way that Britney Spears did, a la 2007. She gets put under anesthesia as well for her appointment, and cue the fever dream of baby one more time. I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. So this is another Fever Dream where it's essentially a recreation of the original music video. She's rocking the pigtail. She's rocking the high skirt, the knee-high socks, the, the the gray sweater and everything. Even, like, the whole, like, the way that it's even shot, the cinematography of it all, the close-ups on the face, the wistful looks, everything. It's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, like, living her Britney Spears fantasy right now I and i'm it. glad that this happened like it could have easily been an entire episode of britney numbers which i would not have been upset with but also like glad that leah michelle and i don't know why i keep calling her by her by her real name but i'm glad that rachel got a uh, a number here as well because her voice is uh, like I, I know you don't love her doing pop songs as much as you know broadway songs but i generally do like her voice on these songs um and some of them she just does really well so i'm glad that she got a chance to do one of these i can see that she does she does a good job with this song um and spoiler alert she is going to end up doing oops i did it again and oops i did it again and baby one more time are essentially the same song so it's not surprising that she's able to knock both of them out of the park um but yeah she she does she she, she does a good job she's good she i don't like her on pop usually but it's not a 100% definite thing. She knows how to interpret right. some of those songs. But yeah, you know, she's feeling her oats. So what is she going to do? She's going to return to school the next day with the exact same Britney look, the baby one more time look. And Finn is going to see this and is going to come up to her immediately with his jacket and be like, oh, how about you put this on? And Rachel's like, no, I'm I'm good. Like, step off. Like, I'm I'm feeling myself and I'm feeling my oats. Like, let me <laughs> let me be me. And Finn's like, uh, I don't really feel comfortable with you, like, sort of, like, flaunting your body like this. Like, that guy back there just broke up with his girlfriend just so that he could stare at you. Like, come on. And, when, mm-hmm. and of course, we see all these guys as they're walking down the hall just, like, stopping with their mouths falling over. Even one of the Cheerios is, like, pushing her boyfriend along because he will not stop looking at Rachel. And it's just, like, of course, Finn is starting to feel a little insecure. And I guess he's starting to feel what Rachel feels a little bit now that, you know, he, when he was on the football team. Yeah, does Azimio and Karofsky stop by? Uh, Azimio <laughs> makes a comment. Why do the gay guys get all the hottest chicks? Uh, continuing to push this uh, narrative and make fun of Finn that uh, calling him gay with the whole Kurt thing. Um, did we flag up in the baby one more time that Brittany was there? Did we say that? If you did, what? I might have was not she been there? paying attention. Oh, yeah, no, she, she was, was the there. teacher. She was a teacher. I forgot that. Yeah, it was a yeah, quick Brittany cameo. Makes- Brittany makes her second uh, appearance of the episode. She just keeps making these little quick uh, appearances here. And while Rachel's under the anesthesia, she is the teacher in the front of the classroom. And uh, so that's where Brittany comes in for her second time. We'll, we'll see her again. <laughs> but yeah, with this with this scene, uh, Rachel comes in. She's she's looking great and everybody's noticing. And this ends up with JBI, who is very, very into Rachel. And uh, he's been the entire entire time we've known him uh but he he has a funny line at the end here where he says to finn uh what do you want for her i'll give you my house i'll kill my parents i'll I'll give you whatever you want (laughs) he is deranged well yeah rachel's going to be like hey like i mean if you really feel this kind of way like i you have my blessing to rejoin the football team because i don't want to give up this look i don't want to give up this newfound confidence which you know finn you know he's not that happy about it but at least he has his blessing her blessing to go back to the team and uh, jbi is going to you know pretty much be willing to do anything to get 
<laughs> Rachel from him. Oh my God, he he's just in love with her. It was it was it started like I said from last season. As long as we've known him, he has been all interested in Rachel. This was back in like the the for like the episode where Quinn Fabray was the leader of the celibacy club and they were dancing with the balloons between them and Jacob got paired with Rachel and he was just making creepy comments and she was trying to get away. This was like episode three or something. I don't know. Um and it is going to keep continuing here as, you know, Rachel is coming into school looking hot and JBI is just in love. In an effort to be spontaneous, Will is going to take Emma to the car dealership as he buys himself a new core that so he's like you know come on emma like aren't you having fun with me like i'm doing what you told me to do i'm trying to loosen up and i don't know why even emma even agreed to to be there i mean i guess it's because she also still feels for will a little bit here but like it just seems like a not a good position to put yourself in emma like at all like why are you Mm -hmm. accompanying him to a damn car dealership so yeah the car that he's looking to buy uh it looks pretty expensive and as they're driving out of the lot look oh my god i got so excited uh i did not Know that I was going to get Terry so fast. Terry Schuster, Terry DeMonico, actually, is back. I completely forgot about her being in this episode. I was trying to see if she was wearing a Britney look, like a famous Britney look, and I wasn't able to figure that out. Oh, I, I did I did find a, uh, a look where Britney Spears is like in a, a fur coat with sunglasses on, like a brown fur coat, but I don't know if that's what they were going for. But just with all the Britney in the air, I thought maybe, but that's just a little side note. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Terry is back. Terry Terry is here. She stands in front of the car that Emma and Will are about to drive off in, which, you know, Will's new car here. And she starts screaming at Emma. She's like, oh, hey, homewrecker, which is funny because like they're not even together right now. And Will and Terry just get into it because Terry is still in love with him. And one day you are going to come to your senses and realize that, th- that you're going to back to the one woman who really loves you and she's mad at him because he just went and bought a car she's like you probably shouldn't be blowing all your money because when you come back to me i want us to have some money and he's obviously that's not in his plans so uh he just wants her to go away and apparently he still has to send her spousal support checks because i guess she made he made more than she did because all she did was work three days a week at at cheats and things So she doesn't want him spending all the money on a car. He can't be able to, you know, send her her checks. Like, Mm -hmm. so once again, yeah, she's still in love with him. But there's always, you know, a bit of look after me, Will. Look after me. What about me? What about me, Will? Like, as always. So, yeah, I mean, I I have to imagine there's more Terry to come. As we talked about, she is the uh, she is still billed as a main cast member. So I'm excited for any any. It just feels like bonus Terry at this point. Emma just like gets up and storms off. She's like, I'm tired of this bitch. Like I'm not yeah. doing this again. We did this last season. Not not <laughs> not again, honey. She's like, no, I got I got a hot dentist as my uh, as my partner now, and uh, I'm gonna go find him because this is stupid. <laughs> At school the next day, Santana is going to compliment Rachel on her new outfit, and once again, Kurt is going to use this as ammo. <laughs> He does it a little bit more. Give it up, Hummel. Give it up. (laughs) He does it a little bit more respectful this way because he doesn't want to risk expulsion. But Rachel's pretty much going to say, yeah, like I I really have been feeling a lot prettier nowadays because, you know, I I had a fever dream at the dentist. I had a Britney fantasy and now I feel like a pretty girl and I never really wanted to dress like a pretty girl because I haven't felt like one. And, you know, Will's going to sort of take this to heart because he didn't he didn't really understand the magnitude of Britney Spears as it pertains to his kids in this club. So he's like, okay, fine. Like maybe, maybe, maybe we can get Will in on this for a little bit. Um, Sue is going to pull Will out for a little chat. This is like the first time that we're seeing Sue all episode. Um, Sue is going to tell Will about JBI. She caught him in the library late last night 
pleasuring himself to his interview with Rachel, butt-ass naked, sitting in the library amongst a bunch of books, jacking off to a video of him interviewing Rachel Berry. Like, yes, oh, like, you heard what, that correctly. What do you even say to to talk about this? Well, how do you even break this down? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of JBI that is like gross and disgusting, and over time, like sometimes that you just cringe about. But like for some reason, this whole thing made me laugh a lot. <laughs> the fact that JBI ends up in Sue's office and she has just pulled him in there, and he's still butt ass naked, just sitting on the chair, sweating profusely because he is terrified that he just got caught doing this. First of all. I mean, first of all, where, where do we even where do we even give the first? First of all, first of all, he's in the school doing this. Second of all, he took off every single damn item of clothes in clothing that he had on to uh, to go into what he was about to do here. And then, yeah, so he gets pulled into Sue's office and he wants to leave, obviously, very badly. Um, but Sue is making him just sit there and be. He, she's like like loving that he's just sitting there sweating and uncomfortable. This um, reminds me of so many other times where something will happen at night in the school because for the sake of like them not having to pay for another set because where else is she going to catch JBI jacking off because she's not going to catch him at his house. But there's just so many like side like plot lines that happen at McKinley when they really shouldn't be happening at McKinley. They should be happening at one of the students' houses, but they just don't want to film it there. It's just it's so strange to me. But yeah, she's going to pretty much embarrass him and she is you know blaming it on will you know like is will's gonna sort of sort of just brush it off she's just hormones but sue's like <laughs> saying that there is a sweat stain on her seat that jbi left behind and she likens it to an ink blot test that will reveal upon further examination that there is a powder keg of sexual deviancy that this school is sitting upon and sue is going to ask him if they're doing britney and if he's the reason that behind all of this weirdness that's going on with these kids and will's not gonna lie here technically they're not doing britney like he's been denying it this entire time but this is just going to give him yet another idea about how to possibly impress emma so that's yeah. going to lie with him yeah like you said sue is really not in this episode a whole lot just yet but here she is uh it kind of just comes across her her mind that maybe the glee kids are doing britney music and as as you mentioned it's just not something that she is interested in seeing so uh we're gonna get back to sue and and that all in a little bit but we do need to get to one more britney spears appearance britney herself is here at mckinley high school it seems she's uh in a cheerio outfit which is just like I, how, we talked about how I wanted to see like Rachel in a Cheerio outfit at one point or another in the series, but it never happens, and that's pretty mm-hmm. upsetting. Uh, but to see Britney Spears come in here with the Cheerios outfit, like that is just that, you take that screenshot, and I'm sure it was on Ryan Murphy's wall in his office for like the entire series' <laughs> run. Britney and Tina are like fangirling over her. Uh, Britney's just telling her how beautiful she is, and eventually Artie rolls up, and Britney Spears is like, Artie, how, like you're so sweet, and then Tina is gonna get uh, you know a little shade here because Brittany's like why would you break up with him he's such a sweetheart yeah she gets a little bit of a scolding from Brittany and Tina's like I don't know Brittany I don't I, I just don't know and Artie's like well you know what it's fine because I'm stronger and he gets a high five from Miss Brittany Spears herself <laughs> um, stronger yes and that's going to lead right into uh, Artie's performance with the rest of the football team of Brittany's classic stronger 
Yes, the entire team. I mean, first of all, he's not on the team yet, so I don't know how he's there. Oh, 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 see, so it's a dream sequence. Again, mm -hmm. Artie is also getting some anesthesia as he's going to get worked on by Dr. Carl as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a fun dream sequence because he's doing this dance. He's obviously out there with the football team like he wants to. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty cute number. And then at the end, you see Tina is out on the field watching them as well. So that's exactly what Artie was hoping for, for Tina to notice him. But then he wakes up in the dentist chair and oh, it wasn't even real. <laughs> exactly. So after um, being in inspired by the magic of Brittany, Artie's going to go ahead and approach Finn in the locker room. Finn is trying to get back on the team and Artie still wants him to help him get on the team. And of course, Finn isn't sure about doing this because the, he already tried it last week and it just did not end well. It ended with him not being on the team anymore. It ended in him losing everything. Side note, we don't see Sam at all in this episode, which is kind of strange, but that's fine. Coach Beast comes in and asks what's going on, what they're talking about. Artie's pretty much going to come out and say, like, hey, like, I really still want a shot to be on the team. And I guess Coach had, she'd noticed Finn and Artie sort of, like, standing up to Azimio and Karofsky before. And I guess she began to realize just how important it is to both of them to be on the team. And I guess, I think she kind of admires the friendship that the two of them have and the amount of teamwork that they're already able to show one another. Um, and so she's like, you know what? What the hell? Like, get on the team. Like, both of you, get on out there. Get get changed. Finn, I need you to help him get changed, and we're going to make this work. And yeah, so look, both look at Coach Beast go. She's, uh, she's, she's taken back control and kind of, you know, not that she never wanted to say no to Artie. She was annoyed because, obviously, how do you have a, a handicapped player on your football team, that, you know, sitting in a wheelchair? But at the very least, you know, get him in a uniform and make mm -hmm. him feel like he's a part of the team. There's no harm in that. And obviously, it means a lot to him. Uh, it means a lot to one of your star players. Finn is still, you know, he's still the quarterback, even if he's not right now. I don't know. So this is a good move, and Artie is going to gain some confidence. Mm-hmm. Finn and Artie are going to go ahead and let the rest of the Glee Club know the good news. Santana comments that all of a sudden Finn is hotter now because he's on the team. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> I know. We're just going to put Rachel. Um, this dude, she's not going to be very happy about this at all. Um, once again, Kurt stands up to gear up for another rant about why this means that Britney should be the theme of the performance. Will shuts him down to let him know, you know what? We're going to do it. Let's do Britney. We're going to do Britney for the homecoming assembly. And I'm going to join you, which just is not what the kids want to hear at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Will's going to take this opportunity to let them be their Britney selves and uh, use this to convince or show Emma that, look, I can be loose. I can let loose and, and do something outside of my comfort zone, just like the doctor was telling me that I have to, you know, saying I have to open up more and, and I have to uh, whatever. So, yeah, that's uh, that's, uh, you know, Kurt, if you want Britney, you got Britney. But you got to take it with Will. <laughs> exactly. So, Rachel, we're going to see Rachel um, come up to Finn in the locker room later. She's in her regular wardrobe once again. Um, and she's sort of trying to urge Finn to stay off of the team, saying that the relationship, once again, only works if the both of them are losers. She doesn't like the fact that now all of a sudden he's getting attention from Santana again because he's on the team. And if... She, I mean, as much as she liked the attention that she was getting from other guys, she just can't handle him getting attention from other girls. So either be a loser with me or you can't have me at all. And Finn's like, you can't make me choose between you and, and, and football. And Rachel's like, well, I am. So mm -hmm. figure it out. Yeah. So these two are still on, you know, a little bit of a rocky 
path here as Rachel is not giving up on her stance about this. And they, you know, they, they had a great summer together, but things are just not kind of playing out in the picture perfect way, which I mean, Hey, two high school students that are having Rocky relationship, like uh, surprising could not see that coming. Right. She just needs to get over herself to be honest. It's just, it's, it's as simple as that. She really does. She's, she's just so wrapped up in herself with the solos and with being the star of the Glee club. And you know, it's like, She's just so like she's just grown to be so insecure, which I guess I get that she has reason to be after like season one. You know, every time that she would get close to Finn, he would run off with Quinn again. You um, lose him how you get reason, him, sis. Yeah. And then the only reason that he came back to her is because Quinn and the whole baby thing became clear that it wasn't his anymore. And he kind of was like, all right, well, now I'm ready to be back with you. And then Jesse came along. So, you know, uh, getting Finn locked in as as her own has not been an easy path. Mm-hmm. So uh, the kids are going to go ahead and perform Toxic at the Assembly. Will is going to join them. And the kids eat it the hell up. Lauren Zeises makes her return to the screen along with JBI. They are both screaming tons of obscenities throughout the performance as the rest of the school erupts uh, with just so much uh, glee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lauren Zeises and Jacob Ben Israel, like they, I'm trying not to get graphic here. Uh, they they lose their minds in this, and Mr. they both Show, let me be your Britney. They both definitely need to go like change their pants after this is over, to say the least. Uh, they are just like don't, melting don't and wheezing and yes. falling apart oh. while watching the New Directions perform. It's so, oh. it's so right. toxic. Uh, it's just scary. Uh, you sound just like him. It's uh, <laughs> Jacob in Israel is screaming like like Lauren is pretty into this as well. But like <laughs> Jacob in Israel is literally about to climax. Like, so JVI is gonna get so into it that he grabs the ass of who he thinks is a girl standing in front of him. Guy turns around, him in the face. slugs him in the fucking face. Uh, Sue sees this and it's like, oh my god, it's a Britney Spears sex riot. So she pulls the fire alarm, hoping that all the kids are going to run the other way. But they all run towards her. JBI falls to the ground. All the kids are like just in a tizzy, falling over one another. The Glee kids are just like stunned and not knowing what the fuck to do. Sue is getting stampeded. It's just a mess. And people are having to carry out JBI because he's like completely knocked out. <laughs> this, this is a hell of a scene. I mean, it started off with Will telling Emma, like trying to impress her and, and tell her what's about to happen, essentially. And obviously this does not go as planned for him. So he's upset about that. Uh, it's funny at the beginning, like you have Becky running up to Sue and telling her that she just found out that Glee is going to do Britney. So the entire time that this performance is going on, Sue is like looking on pretty pissed off that this is happening but like what is she gonna do run up on stage she kind of just lets it play out uh and then by the time it's done like you said she pulls the fire alarm and this it, it was a very um I, I you see so i think there is a lot of mixed opinions about toxic and i don't know if we want to talk about it now if we want to talk about it later but i love toxic and i feel like a lot of people think it's just terrible because of the fact that will performs it with them and that's a point that i fully take but i still enjoy it i love toxic as a song I don't know if I like the Glee version of it. At least this version, because we have, I think, at least two other versions of this song with the Glee cast, or at least one other version. But yeah, and, and some people might not like it because of the, uh, because it's not the same 
it's like an acoustic version mixed in with like the pop version if that makes yeah, sense. I think I think the biggest criticism that I see is the fact that Will Schuster performs this song with a bunch of 17-year-old kids and listen, totally valid. So I can't knock anybody for not wanting to watch that. It is a little weird and Will should not be singing this song with them. Uh but it still sounds good. I mean, it sounds good. It never sounds bad. <laughs> I guess just the performance in general. Yeah. So this obviously this obviously ends up in uh, not going the way they planned. Will is back in the teacher's lounge and Sue's in there with her, her little neck brace on that apparently she got trampled too. Uh, and Will's like, Will, she, Sue's obviously upset and Will's like, you did this. Everything was going fine. And then you pulled the fire alarm. And she pretty much says, hey, look, uh, hey, I'm going to be suing you. Uh, I'm going to be meeting up with my lawyer, Gloria Allred. My spine is ruptured. This is your fault. Yeah, he's, she's she's planning to take everything that he owns, which whatever. She's like, I'll see you in court, but that's not that, that's not Will's problem right now. He doesn't care. Sue, go be Sue somewhere else, uh, because Emma's in the room, and obviously that performance was to show Emma that he could be loose, um, but that didn't really go the way that he planned, and so he's gonna catch up with Emma, and uh, yeah, she's like, I, that's not what I was asking for. I just wanted you to kind of relax, not be this whatever the hell that was yeah like he she he really took this whole loosen up thing to heart i mean i guess because you know you had like three people telling you that emma said it carl said it kurt screamed it like so it's just yeah it's really been weighing down on him but that's not what she meant at all and she doesn't understand why he feels like he needs to change who he is and well he just curtly replies because the person that i was wasn't good enough for you which she doesn't really have a response to because obviously that's not entirely true. But at the same time, it sort of is because it's not with, like they just weren't good for each other at that particular moment in time. Um, so Will leaves and she asks where he's going and he says that she's going to go return the uh, the Corvette that he <laughs> that he bought yeah. the other day. Pretty crazy how fast this relationship between the two of them like flipped because obviously last season it was just Emma chasing Will when he was so unattainable and now that he's like there and ready for her. We know that he made a couple mistakes with the whole Shelby thing and I guess having April Rhodes over for a sleepover was not going to fly super well. But like at the end of the day, you would think that Emma caring about him so much and like being so into him that she would have been still drawn right back to him. But um, I don't know. I guess, you know, this is uh, the direction that they ended up going with. It just doesn't seem the most realistic to me. But why does that have to be realistic? So shut up, Matt. <laughs> All right. So back in the hallway, we're going to see Quinn approach Finn. And Quinn's going to be like, hey, look, the, the stars are aligning. You got back on the team. I'm back on the Cheerios. Hey, like, <laughs> how you doing? Don't you feel like we should get this thing back to where we were? I mean, all that craziness is behind us. I didn't have yeah, that like, baby. Remember that time that I told you that you were the father of my child, but then you weren't? Like, let's forget about that. That's in the past. You know, the baby's not here anymore. I screwed your best friend, and then I, you know, I had the baby, and then I gave it away. But, like, you're a Cheerio. You're a Cheerio. I'm a Cheerio now. You're a football player again. Like, this is exactly where we want to be. So, why don't we just get back together, and this will be great. And uh, last year, this would have worked. Last year it might have worked, but uh, Finn has had an entire summer of brainwashing with Rachel. She has like gotten her claws in him at this point in time, and he's also just a nice guy in general. Wouldn't do anything like that, and so he mm. politely shoots her down and says, "Hey, I'm really, you know, I'm really involved with someone else." And then Quinn is going to go ahead and leave and walk down the hall to Rachel and let Rachel know that she has said exactly what she wanted her to say, but Finn turned her down, so he must really love you. 
I, I want to give Quinn a gold star just for being such a good friend here. I'm not going to, but like, look at her go. Like, like I, I totally, you know, when the scene starts for a second, if you don't remember this happening, you're like, oh, we're back to like kind of mean Quinn. I didn't think she was getting to that right away, but uh, no, but she's not. She's being good friend, like kind hearted, being nice to Rachel uh, Quinn. That's But is uh, she though? Because she, yeah. she sounded very disappointed when he turned her down. So it seems to me that she just took it as an opportunity to go ahead and do this with Rachel's permission and if it works out in her favor then it works out in her favor because what if Finn had said yes it's possible I guess we have no she way to know she didn't seem happy sure. that he turned her down she like she no, like yeah looked- she walks away like a little like defeated like oh, well I guess he's all yours but I still feel like this mission was like as a favor to Rachel I don't know it's a stupid ass mission like if you're I mean I mean obviously we we can rant and rave about Rachel's insecurities but this is just like a new low for me. It's like you really got his ex-girlfriend to 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 ask him out again just to see that if you could trust him. How about you just trust him until there's no reason to trust him? Don't freaking mm-hmm. give him bait. Like to catch yeah. it. Like what is this? Like it's just so grimy to me. And like ugh. I need an episode count for how many times Rachel is caught in the hallway staring down at Finn, uh whether it's like Finn with by himself or Finn with, you know, the, the Cheerios around him, Brittany Santana. It happens at least three times, if not more, in this episode. And probably, like, double digits, triple digits in the entire series. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. So, uh, they're going to be in the choir room again. Rachel's going to ask to perform one more song. Will shoots it down thinking that it's going to be some more Brittany. Because uh, he says, like, look, guys, like, Brittany's a lot of fun and everything. But I just don't think that that's who we are and i think it is exactly who they are they all had a major breakthroughs this week the only one that didn't have one is you <laughs> like you're the only one that didn't get what you wanted everybody else got what they wanted here will so it's britney's not your shtick but it doesn't mean that it's not their shtick but whatever rachel's gonna be like like it's not britney i just i'm taking your lesson seriously you wanted us to do some adult contemporary i guess mine is just a little bit more young adult and then she decides to dedicate this performance to her boyfriend finn and she goes ahead and sings Paramore's the only exception. Yes, and uh, Brittany's going to get a little pissed off. She's like, I thought I was the only one that gets solos from now on. Uh, she's like, you know what? Next week, I'm going to do a Kesha number. Uh, <laughs> good, please do. Uh, I would love that. But yeah, Rachel is performing this to Finn, and it's the, the song is incredible for Rachel. It is so good, and she... Uh, you know, she's, she closes out, I'm on my way to believing, kind of, I'm on my way to believing in him. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't have trust in him. I don't have confidence in myself, in both of us together as a couple. But, you know, she's on her way to believing that they can work out uh, step by step. So it is a very touching number, even though this is a Britney episode and this is not Britney, but whatever. Yeah. Why is that got to be like that? Uh, but I mean, during this, we see Artie still. It's like the second episode in a row where Rachel closes out the song with a solo. Uh, sorry, closes out the episode with a solo while Artie is staring at Tina and Mike. We see Will and he's, you know, giving uh, giving the eyes over to uh, to Emma and Carl uh, from the parking lot where they're getting in their nice new Carl car. And uh, Will's not happy about that. And then we also see Rachel. Uh, again down the hallway watching Finn and Brittany uh, and Santana talking but then Finn does end up walking away from those two to go over to Rachel so again she's on her way to believing yeah I mean sure like <laughs> I just wish if she had come to this conclusion by any other means other than trying to get Quinn to to steal him that I would feel a little bit more but I'm like she's over there crying about being on her way to believe and I'm like were you though because <laughs> clearly you weren't 
but she's on her way. Uh, she's not believing just yet. Uh, okay, yeah, whatever. What an episode, though. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, what an episode. I do take your point. I really wish that we could have ended on a Britney number, but fine, whatever. We got to get the top forty in there, and uh, somehow we got to pay the bills. So, <laughs> yeah, it, the this was great. This is great. It's one of my favorite episodes ever of Glee, and it uh, it still holds up all these years later. Mm-hmm. Ten years later. Yes. All right. Um, favorite song? I I can't. Uh-oh. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't pick. I can't pick one. I need six. So you want me to go first then? I mean, it's not going to change my answer. So in this uh, Britney tribute episode, we got I'm a Slave for You, performed by Britney. Me Against the Music, performed by Britney and Santana. Baby One More Time, performed by Rachel. Stronger, performed by Artie. And we got Toxic, performed by The New Directions and Will. And then we got uh, The Only Exception, performed by Rachel and The New Directions Girls. Listen, so I hate this. Um, My favorite song from this episode is the one freaking song that's not Britney. It makes me so mad that... Of all Thank of you this. guys for joining us for another episode of The Choir Room. We will see you next week. Bye. Are you serious, Matt? The only exception is so good. And I'm not picking one favorite song. I'm picking two. I might be picking three. And you're going to have to live with it because I can't give you a different answer. The only exception, Topic, uh, Topic, what the hell, Toxic and I'm a Slave for You are my favorite song. That's it. That's it. That's my answer. Toxic, I'm a slave for you, and the only exception. That's it. I'm exhausted. I can't. And it's only going to get harder. What's yours? My favorite song is I'm a Slave for You. Um, obviously, Britney sounded wonderful on it. She danced like like no other. She looked good. Like like It was like the most, it was just like the best number of the entire episode for me. And it's like Britney's first solo ever. So mm-hmm. It um, was. I just, I, I gotta give it to Slave for You. It's not my favorite Britney song, but it is my favorite Britney number. Mm. Toxic is my favorite Britney Spears song, as you asked in the beginning of this podcast. I take the point that that's probably not a conventional pick as your favorite Britney Spears song, but it is mine. Um, so the Glee, club, the Glee cover of it is, I get that it's not a lot of people's favorites. Uh, they don't love it a whole lot, but I do. I think Will, even though he shouldn't be singing it with them, Will and Britney, they all sound great together for some reason. This just works. Um, and it's the kind of thing that like they only put Will in there, I feel like, because his voice sounded so good for this song. They could have had him be edgy in a different way if it wasn't for the fact that like this mix that they put together... He sounded really good on it. I agree with your points about Slave for You. It's just Britney kills it, and I can't pick. <laughs> All right. How about your slushy rating for this episode? My slushy rating for this episode is a whole lot easier of a question, so I'm so glad you asked. This episode is getting a big old zero slushies from me. I love it. The songs are amazing, and Amon hates me right now because I can't pick my favorite song from it. Um, and that is with combined with a very fun storytelling method with the anesthesia, obviously making them all 
have these fever dreams of of playing these music videos in their head where they're all involved and having it all tied together with the dentist aspect of it and Emma and Will and just Lauren Zeises and JBI are like a very funny addition on the side when you get to that part of it. Sue not being super involved, but still having a little bit to do with it here. It's just uh, zero slushies. Yeah, I'm just going to read a little bit of the Wikipedia page just to just back up these choices here. Uh, Time Magazine praised the episode for embracing its fantasy nature. Bobby Hankinson of the Houston Chronicle brought up similar thoughts, therefore calling the episode brilliant. Entertainment Weekly was dismayed by the close reactions of Spirits' videos, preferring Glee's more original interpretations of its cover versions. Yet MTV felt that the performance I'm a Slave for You was one of the best sequences in the show's history. Michelle's rendition of Baby One More Time attracted negative views, Though her performance of Paramore is the only exception, was generally well received. Spears' cameo received mixed reviews, with even those critics who received it favorably supposing that she did not appear for longer. Morris's performance attracted critical praise, particularly for her dancing skills. Therefore, I am also going to give this zero slushies. It's just a... I mean, you just can't go wrong with, with Britney Spears. And... Yes, some of the musical numbers didn't always land. I mean, you know, not all Britney Spears songs are created equal. And some of the plot lines were a little bit wonky, but that's just Glee. But I mean, in terms of like a solid episode of Glee, this is a solid, like everything is memorable. You just remember this episode. It's just, it's done so well. Yes, and uh, the I think the episode at the time got a little bit more criticism than like it would these days. If anybody was like rewatching Glee and doing a podcast about it these days, I think they'd be a lot more high on it than yes, uh, some people were at the time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's almost like it's happening right now. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people at the time were just being super critical about it because, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it's the first time it came out. That happens all the time. So I wonder if like the same reporters that gave it negative reviews would look back on it in the same way. I think it was the perfect use of Britney Spears as a guest star. It was like, you know, not too much. It still allowed the kids to be yeah. what they do, do their thing while also just having Britney come in for probably like a half a day on set, uh, record a couple little quick scenes, get her in a Cheerios outfit and get her out so she can go back to being Britney Spears. And it was just like incredible. Loved it. Just amazing. Like, there are so many clubs that I'll go to here in Philly. Oh, remember clubs? Remember, like, going out? Remember that? Wow. Okay. I don't. Um, But they will play Britney Spears songs, and sometimes they will just forgo the Britney Spears version and do the Glee version. So, like, yes, this episode is... It's loved. It's a beloved episode of Glee, and I have no problems whatsoever giving it zero slushies. I think this is my third zero slushy rating of this entire uh, it is podcast. it is for you it's my second your third but yeah this I, I was expecting the entire time i was watching it i was like there's no way either of us are giving this a single half a slushy it's Mm-mm. just it's too much fun Mm-mm. too good not at all but, all right you're yeah. a gold star for the episode uh, I'll just come right out with it. There's no way to, no way around it. This episode is Brittany S. Pierce's episode. This is her from start to finish. I don't care about the Rachel Finn, whatever the hell, Artie, Tina, nothing else matters. This is Brittany S. Pierce from start to finish. You get my gold star. Yeah, I'm. You, I'm not even gonna say anything after that. Like, yeah, what is there? Like, it's just, it just is. It's Brittany. It like, it's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> like, come on yes. now. 
But all right, this is fun. I'm so glad that we got to do this episode. I've been waiting for it for the longest time, and we've finally done it. And now nothing to do but wait until the next one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a couple seasons away. The next time we'll get to Britney. Um, I don't know if there's maybe like a Britney song in the middle there. Sometime that's not a Britney episode, uh, hopefully. But either way, yeah, it was super fun that we got to got to get to this one right off the bat here. And there's just still so much more to come. This season is great. This season is amazing. But all right. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of The Choir Room. We have some very interesting news that I don't know if Matt wants to share yet, but I'll just say it anyway, just because it's like, I mean, I'll just say that we have some very interesting news coming up and I'm excited. <laughs> well, I have no idea when it's happening or, you know, confirmed that it's happening. We so. have no idea if it's happening. or w- It might even be in your feed and you don't even know what we're talking about right now because you've already listened to it a week prior. But so. I'm, oh, yeah, that's a that's a very strong possibility. That's a very strong possibility. But if it's already happened, then you'll know. If it doesn't happen yet, then you'll know soon. And I'm excited. Yeah, just a crossover episode with another podcast. So if that's in your feed, then you know what we're talking about. If that's not in your feed, you'll see it soon. Yes. Uh, make sure that you follow us at ChoirRoomPod on Twitter.com. Uh, Twitter, did I really just say on Twitter.com while I'm on? Yeah, it's fine. It, that's the website. Make sure that you also, if you have any emails that you want to send us, send us, send them at uh, ChoirRoomPodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us individually. Make sure that you are leaving us star ratings and reviews, and we will read them aloud on the show. Anything else, Matt? That's all I got. That's all we got. So I hope you guys enjoyed this Britney episode as much as we did. And uh, if you have an easier time picking out your favorite song from this episode, I envy you. So that's all I got. <laughs> all right. I guess we will see you guys at sectionals. <laughs> <laughs>